And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 93, recorded on June 18th, 2011. Ironically undignified. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad philosophy. Upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. I am your host, Stephen Torrance, and we're back for episode 93. Uh, joining me there are a few, of, uh, a few familiar faces uh, from the, uh, the entire history of bad philosophy. Uh, first up, welcome back to the show, Matt Legler. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. So, so it's been a while since you've been on here. Uh, what have you been up to in, in the last few months or so? Mm, last few months? Um... Still up in Lubbock, taking a, a Physics 2 class at Tech, uh, trying to survive my first summer class, which has been interesting. Um, and in my free time, I say free time, um, I'm working for uh, Xerox, um, or ACS, which is a company that was acquired by Xerox, doing a lot of cool stuff for them. So I was doing summer busy. Nice. Um, also, welcome back to the show, Kevin Saunders, from uh, still, still in Oxford, Ohio. Still in Oxford, Ohio. Yeah. Inching ever closer to Austin. <laughs> one of these days. Uh, and then also welcome back to the show, uh, Kiki Cannon. How are you doing? Yo, yo. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, uh, I'm all right. Uh, coming to you from beautiful Joliet, Illinois at the moment. Joliet. Where, where is, whereabouts is Joliet? It's uh, probably one of the southernmost uh, of the southern suburbs <laughs> okay. of Chicago. Gotcha. Well, welcome all, one and all to the show. Um, so I want to lead off here. We, we've got a, a pretty good main topic for the show today, but uh, I want to lead off with uh, something that came up right before we, uh, before we got started here. Uh, on Boing Boing, there's a, a brief article uh, about your uh, first time on the internet. And uh, the, the article... Um, Kind of goes into the the person the the writer's uh, first time on there, but I, I figured it'd be a good you know starting off point, something we've we've never really talked about before, since you know the the internet is something we've kind of seen emerge in our lifetimes. Uh, what was y'all's first moment on the internet, and do you yeah. remember it? Uh, we'll start yeah, out with you, you, Kevin. I say, well, you want to be a little more specific because if you actually read the article, it's not talking about the first time you ever got online. Mm-hmm. It's rather the first time you ever got the online world. So oh, okay. what it was about, why it mattered, and how the world had totally changed. Well, that's, um, that's, that's it too, but um, you know, more superficially. <laughs> well, I, I don't really remember the first time on the internet. Um, really? The earliest memories I have of it, um, we had Prodigy when I was very young. Um, like by the time I was I was forming memories that stick around with you throughout your throughout your life, we had Prodigy, mm-hmm. um, which some people may remember as sort of the thing that was like AOL before AOL existed. Right. Um, it I was still more have, of a, I, I, I have seen like two people come in with Prodigy.net email addresses. I believe it. I mean, they, they still exist, kind <laughs> yeah. of. Um, it's changed over the years, but it was basically it was it was a way to get to the internet. Right. Um, and the thing I remember most about it was. Um, playing Sesame Street games with Bert and Ernie, and, and I'm sure they were very simplistic, very straightforward, you know, whatever, games to entertain children, um, but I remember playing them. Um, hmm. Probably something with counting or numbers or letters. I don't exactly remember what it was. Uh, um, but uh, the first time... Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 
the first time I got the internet um, wouldn't have been much longer um, later. We it was by the time we'd switched to AOL. Um, but what happened was I discovered, and it was I, I don't know how I would describe it in in modern terms, which is kind of weird because <laughs> we think of the internet as being modern. But it was kind of like a, a hybrid message board and webcomic area of AOL. Okay. And people would create comics with storylines, with things like that, and put them online, and other people would read them and talk about them. Um, Do you remember what this was called? No idea. Um, oh. I mean, this is, this is pre-Keen Space. This is pre-Keen Spot. Um, this is really, really early on. Um, but what's cool about this is this, this was the moment when I started interacting with the internet in that I was creating my own things and putting them online. Right. Um, I created a comic about superheroes with superheroes I had invented and it was incredibly poorly drawn in MS paint. And I, part of me wishes <laughs> I still had the files somewhere and I know I don't. Um, cause that was three or four or five computers ago mm-hmm. and that stuff just didn't make the transition. Right. Um, but it was, I mean, at the time, it was pretty impressive stuff um, for me because I would, I would see these people putting on these comics. And the, and the comics, almost all of them were created in MS Paint and, you know, relatively low quality as far as artwork goes. But some of the stories were really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my longest-running in-jokes with nobody but myself comes from those comics. Was this that, um, does that count as an in-joke if it's just you? <laughs> it, it, it only makes me laugh. Um, also known as insanity. <laughs> I, and I've probably done it to at least one of you three people. Um, is, if someone was typing in a password or something, uh-huh. I'll go, your password is shovels? Um, <laughs> I don't think I've heard you do that. Actually. I, I, I've done that, but I've, I've, I, is, you know, I, I pretend that I've, you know, scanned it and watched you type it in or something, and I'll right. go, "Your password is." Um, I know Catherine has heard me do it because she started doing it too. Huh. Um, Catherine, my sister. But um, I got that from some random internet online comic um, before web comics were even really a thing. Hmm. Uh, like the term didn't exist, web comic. Um, as far as I know. It was just um, people this, posting images on the internet, basically. <laughs> this was mid-90s yeah. at, the, at the earliest. But it was, it was definitely pre-2000 uh, by a significant period. Hmm. Um, and I say that's when I first got the internet and how I could, I could create something by myself and other people would read it and like it. Yeah. God, that, that's, cool. that's similar to mine. Um, I, I first first thing I, I actually do have my my first internet memory still. It's it's pretty well burned into my psyche. Um, I went to uh, visit my dad's office one day, and uh, he I, I think they had you know forty four uh, hundred baud modem or something on each one of their computers, and uh, you know some old uh, Sun workstation running. You know, probably an early version of Mosaic. This was probably 1994 or so, and um, I, I remember you know being really into Star Trek at the time. So he, you know, we got on the internet for the first time, and he was like, "What do you, what do you want to find?" And he went to, to you know, Yahoo.com, which I still remember the the old layout with the the icons at the top. And uh, go to archive.org if you'd like to see it yourself. Exactly. 
um, and he searched for uh, just the words Star Trek and <laughs> uh, found, which you couldn't do nowadays without getting a, a billion results, but he found a, a fan site uh, where someone who just, you know, posted screen captures, really low-resolution screen captures from the show. And the first first image I remember seeing pulled up on the internet was uh, an image of the Enterprise that loaded in about 15 minutes. <laughs> are we talking, are we start talking um, NCC-1701? 1701, baby. Okay, the, the okay. so not one of the, not like next-generation Star Trek Exactly, stuff. yeah. Okay, um, just check him. And it, it, yeah, it took about 15 minutes to load. It was probably a 150 by 200 pixel GIF, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty cool. Um, now, I mean, the first time I, I got the internet, I think was um, about 2000. I mean, we, we'd done stuff on the internet for for a long time, and we had internet service at our house for a while. But um, I got involved in a uh, in discussion board of uh, folks kind of t- around a, uh, a machinima that one of these guys was doing um, in the, the Deep Space Nine, the Fallen engine. Uh, and he was writing all his own stuff, and uh, we were really, really into it and encouraging him throughout the dev process. But that was kind of the first community that I got into on the Internet. And uh, I was, you know, th- I think I share your your um, your experience a little bit there because it was like, you know, these are real people that I'm connecting to. Uh, and it's it's so easy to communicate with them, and they're like on the other side of the world, man. <laughs> and we're all like, we're all in this same place though, but we're separate. And yeah, it was, it was a paradigm shift for me. So, uh, Matt, what about you, man? Mm, well, um, I, I actually know the year pretty close to it. It's probably about ninety-five. Okay. Um, we, uh, I remember my dad set up our first desktop computer, and it's kind of funny because. Um, this computer, I was thinking about it, had less RAM memory on it than my iPhone does cache memory inside the processor. <laughs> so of course. I, that's, <laughs> it's kind of just kind of interesting. But uh, I remember sitting there, and one of the first things my dad showed me how to do on the computer was how to open up an email program and talk to someone. So I think it's interesting that a lot of people's first interaction with the Internet was not consuming content, but it was communicating with someone, right. which is kind of what the Internet was for in the first place. But... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that's interesting that you know, there's that similarity there. But uh, I quickly, and for better or for worse, I'm not sure. I don't know why I didn't click on Internet Explorer, but I clicked on Netscape at the time. Oh, Netscape. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, so, um, and then by the time about, um, I'd say like 2001, 2002 rolled around, um, I was 11, 12, something like that. And I started uh, reading up on, uh, you know, of course, you know, I went to my local library and picked up some HTML books. That's what everyone does for fun, right? Oh, so yeah, definitely. I think I think by then I was starting to get the Internet because by the time I was 13, I was like, hey, I, I had a website set up to sell Bible covers that I was buying from an out-of-state distributor. Like, I was like, I'm going to use the Internet to make money. And yeah. I was like, if you're not meeting people, you're using them as customers. So that was, that was my view. <laughs> That's it's very forward thinking of you, Matt. Very, very uh, bubble 1.0. Can't say we're surprised that he's the uh, computer science major of the group. Right. Do you have BibleCovers.com? It was uh, at the time. It was FreeWebs.com slash the coolest place. FreeWebs. Oh my place. god! I have not. I have not heard that in a long time. Because mm-hmm. it was like think- it was FreeWebs, GeoCities, and Tripod, right? Mm-hmm. And I think oh, yeah. Webs now has just become webs.com or something like yeah. that. 
But, I had a GeoCities back in the day, but oh, didn't yeah, we man. all? Everybody did, <laughs> yeah. That was like uh, it was the MySpace profile before MySpace or, or Friendster, whatever. And it was um, just as ugly. Yeah, exactly. Uglier, I'd say. Because um, I, I used Comic Sans, I remember. Um, Kiki, what about you? <laughs> uh, well, I don't remember exactly just, you know, the first time online. It probably had something to do with, you know, researching a, a paper for school or something. Gotcha. Um, but I do remember getting my first email address, which I was in high school, and one of my friends said, you know, no, you have, you, you gotta have an email address. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's it for? Who am I going to talk to? Uh, and she was like, you know, the first part of the email address has to be something like that means something to you and something you'll remember. And I remember my first kind of username, I forget which service it was, probably Hotmail or something. Uh, but it was S-Q-S-T-F-K-H-L at whatever. (laughs) That was my first email address. And she was like, I don't think you're getting the point of this. It's supposed to be something you can remember. And I'm like, I can remember that just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, more power to you. Um, I think think the first first getting the internet, it was, uh, was discovering fanfic. Like, I used to go to my dad's office and just Mm. search... For you know, I, I searched a lot for Star Trek and you know other shows that I watched, uh, and I ran I ran across some some fanfic and I started reading it. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was that was one of my early experiences too. What what was there was a big fanfic site about ten years ago. Do you happen to remember the the large ones? Well, fanfic.net was one of yeah, the biggest. I think I think it was something else. I feel like it might have been that one, but yeah. That's the one I always knew. Really? Um, So, good stuff. So, speaking of email. (laughs) (laughs) We. (laughs) Wouldn't be bad philosophy without a tortured Steven segue. (laughs) It took me a second. Um, We have gotten a couple, and by a couple, I literally mean two uh, emails to our. (laughs) (laughs) our Yay! to show at badphilosophy.com which you too can email us your questions or comments Um, but we have we have gotten a couple uh, from the uh, from the internets and one of them is uh, it was kind of a follow-up to our cannibalism discussion uh, a while back but the the interesting thing about it was that the uh, sender wait somebody's phone is going off oh not it oh kitty just kitty just impaled me in the foot Ugh. Uh, sorry. It's because your phone was going off. <laughs> I think that's what. No, it wasn't mine. God damn it. I already, I already called guilty. I think I'm bleeding. Oh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Well, no. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> as long as the blood is not coming out profusely, you'll be all right. No, not yet. But then again, it may just be like a dam ready to break. Blood will just splatter everywhere. Anyways, of the two emails we've gotten, one of them was uh, just kind of a question related to our cannibalism discussion, but it was completely formulated with uh, gender-neutral pronouns. And, uh, you know, conveniently enough, the the sender, um, a Mr. Aaron, I'll just say Aaron, um, because I can't pronounce the last name, uh, included, you know, a rabbit trail at the end. He was like, hey, what do you think of gender-neutral pronouns? 
little did he know that the rabbit trail would actually be the, uh, the topic of his show. So I don't think we've ever discussed this in detail on Bad Philosophy before, but I think we might have, have touched on it in a previous discussion. Um, the whole idea of gender-neutral pronouns. Um, what is it? Uh, and, and we'll go to our a resident linguist uh, to, to kind of start us off. Like, Kiki, what, what is the point of a gender-neutral pronoun? Well, there are several uh, kind of reasons behind it uh, that all kind of lead to the same place. Uh, I think it, it kind of started being a, a big thing, especially in America, when uh, kind of feminism really took off. Okay. And, you know, a lot of feminists were, were upset because English defaults to he in the case of an unknown or group mm. uh, pronoun. And, you know, a, a lot of the, the feminists were saying, you know, that's, you know, it's it's insulting that it would be, you know, just like it's defaults to mankind instead of humankind or whatever, you know. Okay. Wikipedia uh, says it started in 1795. Just throwing that out there. In America, it really began to, to take off there and get a lot of uh, proponents. Okay. Another, another one is it's, it's just a, a matter of um, practicality. I mean, it's if you've got a, a gender-specific pronoun, if you don't know the gender of a person or, you know, that you're speaking about, or you want to disguise it in some way. Without saying, like, it. I, I think most people, yeah. most people resent being referred to as, as, a, <laughs> as a non-gender pronoun. pronoun. <laughs> well, it's... As it's an object pronoun. <laughs> it's because we have, we have, in English at least, it is just for inanimate objects or, right. or occasionally uh, animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, people consider that, you know, less than, than human. Uh, have you ever had a, uh, have you ever had a pet owner get offended when you, when you ask, you know, what, what's, <laughs> you know, oh, it's so cute, you know, and, and they, they do kind of bristle a little bit when you don't know the gender of their pets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's an easy fix. You, you roll the dog over and you figure <laughs> what gender it is and then you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's uh excuse me. Oh, her name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And, yeah. Excuse me, before I address your pet, I would like to check out its junk first. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that would go over too well with many pet owners. Right. Um but you know, it's all joking aside, it's it's also starting to become sort of a Sort of an issue with, with you know, as we become uh, more mature with our, our treatment of, of gender uh, in society, we're starting to come up against instances where you have, you know, androgynous or um, gender unspecific or, you know, gender identity may not match physical gender and, and those sorts of instances where you need some sort of a, you need some sort of a way to describe that person in a, you know, in a tactful manner. Um, it's called using their name. Yeah, (laughs) you know, but you know, as as um, Kevin says, if I refer to Kevin all the time by Kevin's name, it kind of gets pretty annoying. Um, We we have well, is it annoying only because you haven't heard of it before? Uh, I mean, because I mean, you're it's it's that's what we've looked at. Um, You know, I'm thinking about this, and 
you know, with the exception of Rufus Xavier Sarsaparilla and his sister and best friend, um, often, and and I mean, maybe I'm just crazy, but it often seems like pronouns are not that much shorter. You know, we're not becoming super efficient because we're using, you know, Stephen is one more than you or one more than him syllable-wise. So I don't know. I don't even think it's so much that it's shorter as it's just easier to think of. Like, if you're a sports reporter and you're yelling about the game, it's hard sometimes to remember details uh, about names or plays or, like, what's going on. And it's a lot easier to... Use but if you're a sports reporter, that's your job. Out. Well, yeah, but your job is also to be <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about linguistic conventions here. I mean, pronouns. Yeah. pronouns are you know a very well entrenched aspect of our language, and I don't think you know not the, just the, our the problem is not going to be Lots solved by eliminating pronouns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's no. not just our language, but many languages. I mean, the and, and so what we're trying to do is meet it halfway and and come up with uh, you know some sort of convention for you know, an invented pronoun uh, or a way of, of combining existing pronouns to, to deal with these situations. Um, now, are, are any of y'all Spanish experts? Uh, my I roommate speaks es- Esperanto. years of Spanish. <laughs> because I remember I took three years of Spanish a while back, and it always bugged me that, like, it, it was very nice to have words that were gender-specific. And this is kind of related to the pronoun stuff. But you have gender-specific words, and then all of a sudden you get to a table, which is usually an inanimate object, but now it's, you know, a, a gender-specific word. And it La just, mesa. It, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're like, <laughs> All of a sudden it's I, female. <laughs> it, I was like, well, where did that come from? Yeah. And uh, the uh, I had a friend, she's taking uh, Spanish in college, and she was like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm spending my days trying to figure out what gender this object is. So I think this gender thing goes the other way as well. Hmm. You know, like that's that's okay. Uh... <laughs> oh boy, exasperated <laughs> linguist is exasperated. Let's let's hear no, it. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to to think of a way to actually put this. It's we use gender in a way. You know, there's there's two different meanings. You know, one is the actual physical idea of, you know, what is your biological sex. Yeah. But linguistically, it's... Well, can I just say that, first of all, that I, I want to clarify that sex and gender are not the same thing. I- indeed. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we are but, using them interchangeably, yeah, so let's, we'll make that distinction now. Yeah. Um, but the, it, linguistically, it's used just... It's a grouping of nouns that react uh, in a certain way. That's that's kind of the the simplest way I can I can mm-hmm. describe it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a grouping of nouns that all react the same way, and usually it it gets given a gender type because one of the gendered pronouns in the language will react in the way of group A, and the other one will react in the way of group B. So they just become known as, you know, masculine, feminine, or neutral. Right. Because of that, you know, because it's an easy way for our brains to classify it. But they could just as easily be called group A nouns or group B nouns. when, When you come from a language that doesn't have this idea of, you know, 
all of our nouns are are dealt with pretty much in the same way in English. Yeah, they're uh, they're non-gender um, and, specific. And yeah. So when you come from a from a language that doesn't have this construct, it's not that I'm saying you know whether that the table itself is inherently masculine or feminine. It's just that the table itself reacts as group A instead of group B. Right. That's a, that's a good clarification, Kiki. I, you know, I, we're, we're using, we are sort of conflating the two issues here. Um, I mean, I think the more interesting of it, certainly the, you know, the linguistic gender is, is interesting in itself, but it's, I think the problems arise in the areas where the two cross, where you, you want to be describing physical sex with a linguistic uh, term, with with a pronoun, um, yeah. so so you know the, just just to kind of uh, introduce some of the solutions that folks have come up with, you know, many times, most often, you see just combinations of the two pronouns. So you see him, her, he, she, uh, you know, s slash he, uh, mm-hmm. they. Sometimes is is used. Um, you know, that's I'm that's okay my particular. They. I like they as a as a non-specific pronoun yeah uh, I, non-gender-specific know, pronoun it's apparently controversial that's i mean that's the most that, <laughs> that i can glean from it but yeah. where, does, where does the controversy i've only ever heard that that you know oh well you're not supposed to say they but well it's why be, it's because <laughs> uh they is is generally considered a a plural in right. in most usage so you yeah, but sheep to... and sheep are considered singular and plural. So we have examples well, in our I'm language. I'm saying that that's, that that's, you know, kind of traditional, you know, English grammarians don't really like it. Right. Uh, you but know, it's also been around forever. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's true. And that is most often how how people get around it. They'll either use they or they'll use one, which is also grammatically problematic. Yeah. Because of, of the way that it was originally intended to be used. And a lot of uh, English teachers, not necessarily linguists, but, you know, English grammarians will react to that very poorly because it's not <laughs> the it's not the traditional way you're supposed to use it. And and okay, so there's something to be said for that that sort of pretension, but uh, you know, I'd say well, it, I think it language works is just defined fine. by usage. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> what you know, what what are the and, and this may be why that none of the the invented pronouns, like this Bivak pronoun, for instance, have really gotten uh, traction. I mean, it's it's awkward and <laughs> it requires a complete shift in, in our our well, and, linguistic. And the thing psyche. is, if you use it, people don't understand what you're using. Yeah, Which, yeah. And, and language is all about understanding, right? So unless it's a convention, then... Well, that's a strong... But okay, well, well I'll well, give you that for now. <laughs> okay, what, what, do you, what do you find contentious about that statement? Um, Maybe not all about, well, I wouldn't but say language is all about understanding. Um, language does a lot of things, and something I think we, we need to get in, that we've kind of been touching on, but, you know, the use of... Um, the universal he, for example, or the right. universal man, for example, um, isn't just about creating understanding. It creates expectations. It creates power structures. Mm. Um, if, if, in fact, she 
which is a derivative of he anyway, in the same way that woman is a derivative of man, which is the whole problem here. <laughs> um, was the was the dominant was the universal? We would think differently. Um, uh, I don't know how we would think. Dwarf here, Kevin, what? which is uh, kind of problematic. Um, the idea that y your language can create or modify your your inherent thought pattern is something called the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. Hmm. Um, and it's one of the reasons I got into linguistics, because I found this uh, fascinating. There are, a, you know, a, a, a non-zero sum of linguists that are still looking into this, but it has been... It's kind of fallen out of out of favor with the majority of of modern linguistics, I guess. Yeah, and it, it doesn't it doesn't feel completely right in this case. I mean, I, yeah. Okay, so and granted, I, I'm, I'm not, not saying that it's the yeah, only thing yeah, structures it's, it's, the way you think. No, no, no. But, it but does. Yeah. I, I actually don't think that it structures it to the extent that that you know the feminist would have us believe. Now, granted, I am a man. I am you know not really of the, <laughs> you, the you feminist are privileged camp. Is yeah. the is I, the I, term you are right. privileged. Um, and so maybe I don't, I don't feel it to the same extent, but... Well, that's, I, that's the definition of privilege, is you don't feel it. You don't <laughs> notice it. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't know. If you I, knew about it, you wouldn't... It's, it's, that's, that's sort of the thing, is, is privilege is... And there's a quote, and I wish I had it near me, but I don't have the time to find it. But it's the idea that you're used to being treated a certain way, and, you, and this is the way things are, and that's normal. Mm -hmm. for for the privileged person. And so when that changes, it seems like it is unfair. So when things are not so so I'm used to the universal he. I don't think about it when right. I use it. Well, and, um, and I think I think the point here is that the, in the same way that the, you know, physical gender has nothing to do with the the distinctions between the group A and group B words in Spanish for instance that physical man sex. well yeah exactly okay just that, checking. That physical sex that you know mankind may have started as a you know sex based term but has become a non-gendral word in the same but way but it has inherited that meaning that meaning hasn't gone away Mm, to it, I mean, no, I don't think I don't think so. I mean, I think when when we hear mankind, we just think of of humankind. We think of the concept That's, of all of humanity, male or but female. Don't you see the privilege in that statement, Stephen? Uh, not exactly. It's, well, because <laughs> no, and, and and I understand because well, I've I've thought the same way. But it's okay. You are saying you are privileging. This division that we've created, because gender is a construct, we'll start there. You, you are privileging one half of this constructed binary in that what is woman? Woman is that which is not man. It, it is modified from man. That's, that's biologically speaking, I mean, not, not biologically speaking, excuse me. That's, that's where the word comes from. Woman, the word woman is different from the word man. Right. And so we have that binary. And that's, that's created that binary that reflects the the situation that reflects what the way we think and okay maybe it doesn't change the way we think but it reflects the way we think 
And so, yeah, but or maybe it reflects it reflects the origin, but it may no, no longer reflect how we think of the the word. I mean, it, no, but, yes, but it may have started as as an opposite, but it is but now you can't a concept. Just change in its own the meaning right. because you want to. Well, but I don't. I don't think Stephen is saying that that the meaning has changed because he necessarily wants it to. I think he's saying that that the the way people views the term has changed over the years precisely i think Which, it's 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 just okay a word is just a pointer to a concept right so the no a word is a pointer to another word what <laughs> no <laughs> yes if if we're going to get into semiotics i'm going to stick to this side um matt wouldn't you agree a, a word is just a pointer Y'all are asking the computer scientist if a word is a pointer to a location in memory and whether what it references. Yes. Y'all are blowing my mind. But looking at what y'all are talking about so far, I would agree that any word is going to not people don't choose necessarily what they want it to be, but the understanding and what that word means and the way it's used definitely changes. And so, like, I don't think that. I don't think in my lifetime ever I've ever come across anyone who, when they said ma- mankind was literally thinking a man standing there, they were talking about or just thinking human of all men, on, right? On, but yeah. I think that's right. but that's the point is they've always thought that mankind meant everybody. Yes, because it it's does. just a pointer. I mean, but no, but everybody has always thought that. Do you not see the privilege there? <laughs> the privileging that we're identifying those in power, the men, as representative no. of everybody. No, not necessarily. That may have been where the word originated, but that's no, no longer but no, the, that's, the... That's, no, that's, that's not where the word originated. That's what the word is. <laughs> but because, okay. because you're identifying a group through a signifier that is representative of a portion of that group. Okay, but I don't think I don't think that has the same the, the, the same connotation that it may once have had. I mean, it, so you're you're implying then that there's something inherently offensive about using that particular word structure to refer to the concept of all of humankind. Is that what you're yes. saying? Okay, that's what I'm saying because, and it's not it's not an intentional thing. I'm not trying to call, and this is something that's hard to get past, but I'm not trying to call people who use the word mankind sexist. That's not my goal here. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying... Because that sounds like that's what you're saying. Well, I know, and that's, and that's, again, uh, that's, it's very easy to get defensive over these sorts of things, because it sounds like I'm calling people who say mankind are sexist. Uh I'm not. I'm saying there's a larger social structure in place in which through what's called the hegemony, through these overarching social structures that exist, through no intentional cause of any one person, that privilege certain groups over others. All right. Where the male, white, heterosexual, Protestant is held up as the example for everyone. It's not someone intentionally saying, this is what everybody is. But this is the person who's been in power, and so they have come to represent everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, this, this is not calling someone a sexist. And I'm not trying to call you a sexist even because you use the term mankind. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> and and I, I apologize if you feel defensive and you think that I'm trying to do that, because that's not my goal. My goal is to expose this larger system in which we say that one small step for man 
means one small step for everybody. Yeah. Well, it, okay. uh, let me let me kind of counter this, Kevin. Go for uh, it. While the language may reflect a what was once and is now slowly lessening um, difference in in power structure between genders or or sexes. I prefer genders, actually, in this case. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the um, it's an important distinction. Yeah. We have to think just, about how we use okay, it. Just okay. because, right. just because the the words used to describe uh, originally came from that gender inequality, um doesn't mean that if you take them out, the gender inequality will will lessen in any way. Uh, I'm not saying it will. And I think that no, was my what point. What I'm just saying, yeah. though, is that okay. for, for years, uh, and I'm talking centuries probably, uh, in spoken Chinese, he, she, and it is the exact same sound. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. More recently, there there have been differences in the in the writing system so that when you write it you can see a gender dif- difference but when you speak it's it's all ta that's it yeah. it's it's just one word um but i would say you know i mean but they still have much more of a gender disparity you know than, <coughs> than any english speaking com- country you know I, and i don't i think it's <sighs> that's okay and and i'm not i'm not I'm not advocating, I'm not trying to say that removing mankind with a different word will change the gender equality. I'm not saying that. Um, But I'm saying that this term, as an example, comes from a gender disequality, inequality, that is reflective of society, particularly in the Western world who speaks English, which is... So, so the question is whether about. whether the gender neutral pronouns, whether the invented pronouns, can reverse that discrimination. Because you know, okay, yes, the the words originated from that that hegemony, from that that mm-hmm. structure. So, can it go the opposite direction? Can a change in grammatical uh, conventions reverse the the original hegemony? And I don't no. think so. You know, I think that's I why think it hasn't so. caught on. You know, I, I don't think, you know, for, you know, a person just using shim is going to make anyone you no, know, I think, feel I any think differently that's putting about, a Band-Aid on a yeah. leg that's been cut off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, I think the whole, the whole point of the, of the, you know, invented pronouns is, is mm-hmm. based on a false concept, which is that, uh, that language can influence society, which is, I think, that original concept, yeah, right? Yeah, you made a jump there. You made a jump yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Language can definitely influence society. That's, that's so maybe in this case, in this, so in this particular instance, it, maybe, maybe I'm saying that it's it's so pronoun- complex that changing one thing will not fix it. Right. Okay. So yeah. It, well, and, and maybe I am generalizing from a single case. Yeah. Maybe in in yeah. this case, the the uh, gender pronoun issue is not going to be solved. Uh, or, you know, ch- changing the the grammatical conventions there is not going to change this the you know sex discrimination issue. No. Uh, okay. Well, here's here's uh. the other problem with this. Um, while 
you know, while I am kind of for there being, you know, personally there being some, you know, genderless uh, pronoun system, uh, the the big problem here is that language itself resists that which is forced upon it. Right. You know, language is a very organic thing, and if it it, it resists, you know, committees and and. And Wikipedia articles. <laughs> yeah, it, it resists influence from single directed forces. Right. Yeah. Now there are instances where where these these pronouns have have taken or have caught on for practical reasons, and I think that's always why why um, any particular thing in linguistics does catch on is for practical reasons, particularly mm-hmm. in we were discussing before the show science fiction uh, literature. You know, you invent a species that has no sex. And so you need, but, you know, they have agency. You don't want to refer to them as, as it's. So you, mm-hmm. you have a, you use the gender neutral pronoun in that case uh, to, to refer to them. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't come up against too many instances of that, but y'all, y'all well, have a I couple. Sent, I sent of, an interesting link. Um, there's, there's a, a, a book that won the Hugo many years ago called Dream Snake. Um, I've never uh, read it, but I, there's an interesting link about it. That um, Vonda McIntyre, the author, um, wrote one of the characters and completely hid this character's gender throughout the entire novel. Hmm. Um, which I think is a really interesting trick. And I, I don't know exactly how she pulled it off because I haven't read the book. Um, but it's, I really like that idea of um, where a character's gender, and I, to me, it shows me how much a character's gender can be imposed by the reader or a person's gender can be imposed by the person who meets them. Right. Uh, and that, you know, she often talks, she talks about, I think in here about how she'll ask people whether or not this character was male or female and see what their answers are. Um, because we play the gender game, whether we want to or not. And we assign genders more often than not to people. We, we do it when people meet on the street, we play the game where we see someone dressed funny on the subway and we go, is that a man or a woman? <laughs> yeah. And I do it myself and I hate myself for doing it. I do it and I go, I shouldn't care. That should not be the first thing I use to describe a person is their gender. Um, but we do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and again, I sent, I sent another link and I can't, I thought we talked about this already, but there is, um, a child who was born recently, um, this past year, whose name is Storm, and the parents have decided to not disclose the sex of the baby um, to anybody but their grandparents and the child's brothers. Um, hmm. Which I think is is exactly the sort of problem that I'm I'm getting at. I think it's a good thing because I think it's an incredibly brave thing because it's saying that we don't need to define who we are by he or she, which so much of the time we do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. That's going to be a tough move. Yeah. No, I think um, so. Well, and, and, um, Storm's older brothers, um, are both, uh, if you click through the link to the actual original article, right. um, are both, I won't say gender neutral, but are, are boys. They're, I think five and Three, five, and two. Jazz uh-huh. and Keo, who often dress in dresses, who wear their hair long in braids, um, who are who who challenge these gender roles in and of themselves because that's what they want to wear, 
and their parents, I think, are awesome for supporting them in that. Yeah. Um, but it's this idea that, um, you know, I long for a society, and it won't happen in my lifetime, but I long for a society <laughs> where the first thing we know about someone is not what we think their gender is. Yeah. Mm. It's their name, you know, or something, something other. Yeah. Well, even even with names, we play the name game. You learn someone's name, and and often that tells you something. We have masculine it, names, yeah. we have feminine names. It immediately tells you their gender. Yeah. Um, most most which, of the time. <laughs> well, again, hey, and my and middle this name is Aaron. No, when I tell you my middle name is Aaron, hey, you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> whether it's E R I N. Yeah, or but if I read it, yeah. So, can I throw a wrench into things? Yes. Okay. Um, something that we've kind of been dancing around, but we haven't exactly hit on, is the idea of um, like intrinsic value versus a a role. And so there's like equality, and then there's um, a position, and uh, and the two are not always the same, at least not in my opinion. And um, but before anyone decides to send hate mail at me, um, I- I'm gonna start out by saying that um, I'm in full support of what the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians, where he says, "There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you all one in Jesus." Now, talking about that, he's talking about equality before God and in reference to salvation from the Messiah. Now. I think that biblically, these structures we're talking about, a lot of them were set up by the creation of God creating man in his own image and then creating the woman from the man's rib. And so um, through a lot of times um, in our society, stuff comes up where we talk about, especially today, we talk about women's rights or this gender neutrality issue, and we say we want equality between the two, but... I think there, there's not so much an issue of equality, it's more an issue of roles and positions where people don't like the role or the position that's given to them because oftentimes the equality is there, it's just that there is a, a male sense of protection or leadership that tends to kind of surround and encompass. Um, and biblically, it's the family, which is a representation of the church, and so that's kind of the what we have going through society that is the structure that's set up in defining things. And out of that, um, especially the Greek translations into English, we get um, a lot of uh, the the pronoun issues where you know we say um, something about a brother or a sister or um, a he doing this. A lot of that is evident there, but it means both in inside the with the author's intention for what he's writing, mm. he's talking about the equality um, of some concept being applied to both genders, but you use one because of that sh- that construct that was set up back in Genesis where God created man and then told him to take care of the garden. And so yeah. th- th- there's kind of that role versus um, equality issue going on. Yeah, yeah but I, 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 yeah. I also... F- oh, go ahead. Somebody else. Well, I, I feel... I, I definitely feel you there, Matt, and I think one of the, the biggest things that has perpetuated from from especially biblical notions of, of gender roles has been, you know, many of the translations do reflect the the, the male-dominated the hegemony. Yeah, because oftentimes in the original language, whether it be, you know, Hebrew or, or Greek, it's it's much, you know, either, either the pronouns used were both male and female or gender neutral, and yet they most often just get translated into the male one. And that's an instance... Definitely of of language perpetuating those uh, those gender roles. So, 
Yeah, I, I feel you there for sure. But yeah, Kiki, you had a comment on this too? No, it just, that argument made my brain hurt. Because <laughs> it just, I have, I have the, I have the words to describe what I think of that, but um, I don't want Stephen to have to hit the bleep button. Because... <laughs> we'll we'll it's, keep it's okay. it. There's, there's we'll no just... preschoolers in the room. Yeah, no. I mean, we'll 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 keep that we'll keep that uh, that fight for another day. Um, I you know I I, well, I no I think I think if we're going to talk realistically, that the the idea of of gender and of a role. Um, came from the fact that we have uh, overwhelmingly an idea in in evolution of a of a sexual role when it comes to offspring. Mm, right. Yeah. There's there's definitely that that uh, I mean natural distinction. In, yeah. In almost. Yeah. Like, well, okay, that's, but that's yeah, something to argue for later. But well, okay, yeah. I mean, there there are definitely examples of of uh, you know species where the female has arguably a more dominant role in the and uh, mm-hmm. the uh, in the process yes. in the reproductive process. So I'm speaking specifically of humans. Yeah, because I I don't think I don't think a you know a seahorse really has much inherent idea of gender mm-hmm. as as we do. Um. But I don't know I that we have an inherent idea of gender, but continue. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's that's true. I didn't mean inherent. I meant uh, conscious. You see, as, as probably it's probably safe for me to say this. The only creationist on the show, I like the <laughs> I like to use the word inherent. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that's, fair enough. Well, uh, you you do that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't Kiki, know. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Though. Oh no, but I, I'm just saying that I, I think that 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 is is in a way, you know, how how it evolved, I'm not sure, you know, because that's that's not my my field. But I think that that we probably we probably get this idea from you know incredibly far back in our history, whether whether or not gender is is true or you know a, a thing that we're all kind of born with i think that the idea goes back a lot farther than any specific religion mm. or specific religious construct right so no i i agree with that but i don't know that i i think it's it's i don't think that's an excuse no, if that makes sense, I, th- yeah. I think that we no, we have to. Yeah, I'm saying that you know when we originate as a species that that simply you know, like most species, we we live to kind of perpetuate ourselves. You know. Well, I, I yeah, <laughs> but you know, part of you know, it's arguable whether the whether the fact that we have constructed uh, gender the way we have. Is actually a cons a, a consequence of that reproductive uh, urge, or you know the well, the necessity uh, born out of, of uh, evolutionary development. Um, but, but, I think it may just be it may just be like a um, you know as, as uh, what is it not Dawkins was it Dawkins that came up with that idea? You know it may be it may be a a, a meme. Uh, it may just be I don't a, know. yeah. 
it may just be one of those side consequences like religion that that just happened to to come up as a result of what we're already doing but it's not necessarily itself um crucial to the the evolutionary uh, perpetuation you see, one thing that I think is kind of interesting is um, the idea of why we care about gender issues. And, like, I think that if you look at society today, the issue is that people want political equality. That's that's really one of the big hot-button issues. And so, like, we look at the workplace and we say, oh, well um, – it doesn't matter what someone's gender is, an employer should hire them equally. But then you get a company like, say, UPS or FedEx, and you have to have someone who is carrying a 65-pound box to a front door. Now, in general, um, men are larger human beings than women. And so in general – Yeah, but I can't been... carry more 65-pound boxes than no, my neighbor. No, you can't. But that's what I'm saying is like sometimes <laughs> – Who is female role... and works for UPS. Right. <laughs> Which, that role is reversed in some situations. But the equality is not reversed. So a lot of times we have this frustration where we try to um, set up something politically where we are demanding equality when in reality it's the role that's bothering us in that situation. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think the big one, the big one is, is you know, think of the, the way uh, most people the, – the idea of, of a doctor and a nurse. If you talk about a doctor without using a, a gendered pronoun – in relation to it, ninety percent of people will default to he for a doctor yeah, and she no for a nurse. Because well, we even have a term for the, the male so. nurse, huh? We even have a separate term for the male well, nurse to yeah, show it's, it's exceptionalism. Not a nurse, it's yeah. a male nurse, you know. Yeah, but, and that has nothing to do with you know how big are you physically built or how much can you you know. There's there's no difference between. The ability of, of a brain of a woman and a brain of a man to take on the role of either of those, you right. know. So that argument kind of kind of falls apart when you say, well, there's equality there, but you know, and it's the it's the idea, you know, why why don't we why don't we see more more women doing uh, you know, m math and computer science and and science in general? It's not that they're they're incapable. It's that they're generally not, not. Uh, they're not encouraged to go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's in the math, you're the you're the odd one out, yeah. and a lot of people just can't handle that. You know. Hmm. Oh, you found it. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't read this. I just. I just showed up in my feed, so I don't oh, know what okay. it is. But um, um, it seemed appropriate. <laughs> Man, I don't know how to use Skype on Windows. I see y'all sending stuff around, and I don't even know how to get to it. Um, if you, if you, do you see a little orange speech bubble at the bottom of the window with our faces in it? Beautiful. What does that do? Click it. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like When Skype made, ran their last series of updates, it worked great on my Mac, and on Windows, I got completely lost. Yeah, I, I haven't done Skype on Windows in a very long time. Uh, and I don't know. Everybody complains about Skype on Mac. I'm like, no, oh, I, I, I figured it I'm, out. It's, I've not had any problems with it, so I yeah. blame y'all. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, it's about about time for us to start wrapping up on here. Uh, we okay. do have have time for a brief uh, form squeeze. 
Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end with something kind of lighthearted since uh, we've, we've definitely gotten into some, some deep philosophical discussion on this show. Yeah, it's, it's all in love, guys, right? All all, in oh, love. yeah. Oh, yeah. All love all around. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, what is the best and worst show currently on television of which you are aware? Use any standard you like for Woo. determining best and worst. Uh, let's start with Matt Legler. I, I think by far, and I have a solid, solid. Um, logic to back up my reasoning here. Oh boy. Right. Okay. Favorite show is going to be Hawaii Five O one because what? it's good enough it's good enough to come back a second time. No. And two, and two, <laughs> two because it brought me closer to my grandpa. I was down visiting him on his <laughs> what? He's nice. Hey the question said use any standard you want. Yeah. So give exactly. it to him. So okay. this, this is this is my ruler stick here. My grandpa was sitting down with me where hanging out and you know here he is he's a good oh shoot about uh eight decades older than me and so i'm talking to him and we were trying to you know we were discussing oprah and the iphone and so the next logical discussion was tv shows and I, he said so what do you like to watch and i said hawaii Five O. and his face lit up and he smiled and he looked at me and said that's my favorite show it was grown up and it is again now After oh. that, I'm Wow. Okay. I'll well, give it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll give it to you then. Uh, Kiki, what about you? Uh, best right now, I'm going to say Game of Thrones because I'm just so into it. No kidding. Okay. I just, I love it so much. I, I think I've it's, only it's, I've only recently started it, so I'm I've seen the first two episodes, but it's really good. So it's, I guess it's I better com- get it. It's complex. It's It doesn't take... It's it's viewers' uh, intelligence for granted. You know, it mm-hmm. throws a lot of stuff at you, and it and it it trusts that you'll be able to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Speaking of, have y'all seen Super H? Yes, I've heard okay, it's good. This, I yet. Okay, I'm, I won't spoil anything for those who haven't seen it. But Super 8 has done something that so many movies have failed to do recently, and that is tell so much of the story visually. Yeah. The first 10 minutes of the film could have been done without any dialogue whatsoever, and the story would have come through. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, it was done with almost no dialogue. There was very little expositional dialogue. Um, And it it happened throughout the film as well. But I, I... this is what a movie should be. This is a movie that uses the medium to its best ability. This is a movie where just reading the dialogue would not have told you everything you needed. Yeah, I definitely and agree there. It's it's for it's that reason the you should go see it. So far, um, it's certainly up there. And as as far as using the medium of film to its best ability. This wins. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That makes me really want to see it now because I am usually very big into the dialogue of a movie. That's what draws me into it. I mean, well, I'm a, I love the I'm pictures, a freaking writer. Like, I love dialogue. But <laughs> yeah, so like, I mean, if a movie has good dialogue, I'm sold. So it, it's I, I'm very interested now to go see how this movie is laid out. Just and, and kind of watch that now. It's fun for yeah. all audiences. Um, I would have to say Fringe. Uh, it's I guess it's not on right right now, but it's but it's, it's active. mostly on. Right it's now. mostly active. Yeah, uh, and I I feel like it does a similar thing. It it uh, it does a good job of respecting the viewer's intelligence, and um, it, while it is something that's best appreciated if you've seen it from the very beginning, is also accessible to to folks coming right into it. Um, pretty good acting, very good writing, and uh, just a, a a great bit of sci-fi on television. Yeah. Um, 
so Kevin, you're, you're last. What's well, up? See, I, I have two categories here because there's the shows that I'm currently watching and I'm aware of that are on TV right now. Right. Um, and then there are those shows that I'm not watching because I don't have access to them, but I would really like to be watching because I hear they're really excellent. Uh-huh. Um, and so of the second category, um, Mad Men and Breaking Bad take a tie. I've seen the first season of Mad Men and the first two seasons of Breaking Bad, and they are both excellent beyond compare. Even if the rest of the shows are terrible after what I've seen, <laughs> those first seasons make up for everything else. And I yeah. doubt that that's what's happened because I've no, heard no, a lot no. of really good critical praise. Right. You won't be disappointed with the rest of Mad Men. Well, it's coming to Netflix soon, which makes me yeah. very excited. Um, so those are the shows that I'm not watching that I think are probably the best shows on television right now. Okay. Um, of the shows that I'm actively watching that are on television, um, I'm going to divert and say the lone comedy of Community. Yes. Oh, Community oh, yeah. is fantastic. I actually, um, I take my fringe back. I agree with you. Community. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward um, to Community episodes in a way that I don't really look forward to fringe episodes. Uh, yeah, it's um, just with, with like a, a giddiness. Like I cannot wait for them to be on on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, Community and um, NCIS are the two shows that are much must see live TV for me. Yeah, um, NCIS just because it's fun. Like I, I wouldn't call it great television, but I like it a lot. So, um, but it's it's one that every Tuesday I sit down and watch or watch NCIS, mm-hmm. and every Thursday when there's new episodes, I sit down and watch Community Live. Both of those shows are. And that tells me something. That tells me that these are a metric that that's the metric I'm choosing is the show that I want to watch as soon as possible. Um, And, and community second season, I don't think was quite as good as its first season, but the highs were great. Yeah. Well, it had a killer finale. Yeah. I mean, the the perfect moments of television that come with it are just amazing. Yeah. Can can I just uh, touch on my, my worst real quick since we didn't get around to that? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I dislike any show that I I feel promotes um, irresponsibility of either procreation or parenting. <laughs> so I'm I'm really against like the the 19 kids and counting and the Kate plus eight and the <laughs> oh, yeah. 16 and pregnant and the oh the, that exists. I mentioned before the show that oh yeah 16 exists. Oh my god. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay. Kevin's a frequent watcher of that show. No, yeah. I'm, I'm in Toddlers and Tiaras right now. Well, yeah. What the hell is that? You mentioned it before it's the about, show. It's about people who, who put their like two and three year old kids in pageants and <sighs> give them spray tans and oh, put enough oh. in and, their hand to kill their lungs. And I think honestly, they should have their children taken away from them. Honestly. No, I think it's, I think a lot of it counts as child abuse and there's, and it's, in, and I find it fascinating for the reasons that it's not considered child abuse. <laughs> um, Which are? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I mean, these are people who starve their children, who make them wear corsets, who, who make them look like they're 30 when they're six. Um, I think there's a lot of emotional issues that are going on with these shows. And, and so I find it fascinating. I don't condone it by any means. Um, but it actually, it kind of touches on a lot of these gender issues that we've ta- been talking about. Of this is what, you know, beauty is, is we met, take this six-year-old, make her look like she's 25, put her in a bikini and a spray tan with an updo, 
and and we're we're already starting to promote to these gender dance. roles. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, no, and, and, this, and I have that's not just promoting; that's like exaggerating, encouraging. And <laughs> yeah. and and so again, I don't like it. I don't like that this happens. But from maybe an anthropological standpoint, <laughs> I think it's absolutely fascinating to watch because I can't <laughs> fix it. I can't right. change it. I can't say. You know, you shouldn't do this anymore because they won't listen to me. Yeah, it's but happening. You might as well watch. <laughs> it is. It is compelling television. Okay. Um, uh, I can honestly comment on on worse shows because I I tend to avoid bad television. I, I guess, don't watch so. shows that are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I, well, I still think, and this is sort of from personal experience, I still think that America's Got Talent is one of the worst shows on television, just for the, for the way that it, that it systematically builds up hope and destroys it in spectacular fashion <laughs> over and That's over and over again. <laughs> Did you see the America's Got Talent show where the guys, they were all like a group of like 25 engineers that did the gravity thing? No. It was awesome. Go go YouTube it. It's uh it's like Define Gravity, I think is what it's called. And it's a bunch of guys, some dressed in black on stage, so they disappear when the lights are off, and some are dressed in white. And all you see when the lights are off is the white parts. So you think there's yeah. only like four guys up there and they so all have right. like glow they have glow in the dark balls and the stuff they do looks awesome. Like y- you'll be tingling with excitement watching it. Okay. Well, yeah, sure, uh, but you know, it's it, that's that's the thing that gets me about it, though, is they they have there's definitely talent in there. They have good people in there, but mm-hmm. there's it doesn't justify the the just life destruction and you know oh, that that they're doing every every other time. Yeah, <laughs> or is it all just scripted and they're not really disappointed? Bum bum bum. Uh, um, I bet they're really disappointed. Yeah, actually, that, you know, that, I, that's my <laughs> fa- I, I I take issue with that, Stephen, because that's my favorite part. <laughs> oh well, you're just you're just a Schadenfreudist. Delusional <laughs> people come out on stage and go, "I'm the greatest thing ever." And but then what about the ones who aren't delusional, who exactly. have talent but aren't marketable for whatever other reasons? Yeah, and they just you know some arbitrary panel of of celebrities decides that they're not good enough. <laughs> because what they're doing is they're picking the shows that look good on TV and could theoretically hold a Vegas show, right? Which isn't Which everybody. All I mean, there's a guy who jumped into a kiddie pool from 20 feet up and survived. That's awesome that he can do that. <laughs> but there's no way he could make a Vegas that into a Vegas show. He has one trick. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and but that's but that's reality. I mean, if you if you went into a, a record company or whatever and you got a great voice, but you're not marketable for some reason. Then you don't get. I mean, that's what. Yeah, the but the, here's the, it would bother me less if the show were called America's Got Vegas Marketability, but yeah. the show is called America's <laughs> Got Talent, <laughs> and I think talent is a much more is a much broader concept. And they're what they're holding up as talent is just that Vegas yes, but marketability. Nobody would watch a show called America's Got Vegas Marketability. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, so the show itself, the show itself is a lie. That's what. Okay. I, I've gone off on this enough. It's, it's a sore spot. It's a sore spot. It is. <sighs> okay. It's okay, anyways. Stephen. We know you have talent. I know. I know. <clears throat> anyways, thank you all for being on the show. I think we, we've had a we've had a pretty good time here. So, um, Matt, welcome back, and uh, and uh, don't be a stranger. What, what's a good place for folks to to find you on the interwebs? Best place to find me again is still my Twitter is slash legmar l e g m a r. Cool, cool. Uh, no Kiki, what about you? Oh, you know the usual type, voice of Kiki and anywhere, and you'll find me. 
Okay. Um, Kevin. Twitter.com slash Kevson. Oh, yeah. Uh, we invite you all forever. to... Uh, to what? what? I'll be there forever. Oh, okay. <laughs> or as long as Twitter exists. You know, yeah. I, I think, what is it, Forbes released like a list of, of companies they expect to make in 100 years recently. Do any of y'all recall if Twitter was on that? I don't know this list, so... Okay. That sounds like a cool list. I want to yeah. see it. I think uh, <laughs> Facebook made it, but Google didn't. So, hmm. yeah, something to think about. Anyways, be, be beaten by Bing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'll tell you what, one uh, one company or at least one group that will exist in a hundred years if they manage to invent rejuvenation is uh, bad philosophy, <laughs> because uh, we ain't ever going away, people. As long as we live, there will be these shows. Um, you can uh, contribute to the the ongoing uh, train wreck that is uh, bad philosophy by uh, going to badphilosophy.com. You can also uh, email your questions, comments, concerns, um, exposés on random topics to show at badphilosophy.com. Uh, you can yeah, help we might us make out. an episode out of them. We might make an episode out. Literally, we are that starved for content. Please, <laughs> please post something on our form spring formspring.me slash badphilosophy. Just just ask us a question, please. Anything. Uh, uh, and also, you can follow us on Twitter, of course, for, for the latest uh, episode announcements at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Uh, well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. And after a while, I started to see that none of those words referred to me. Goodwill towards men. All men are created equal. Praise him. All right. Everybody ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome yes. in. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. uh-huh. <laughs> okay. You asked. <laughs> you replied that's what you call, slowly. Stephen, that's what you call latency over the internet. Well, some men came by and a fight began to grow. The girls are so dumb, you just don't know. These here are called generic words. They're meant to include both the bees and the birds. I need to get a grinder because right now I'm just buying in small batches and grinding it at the store. Ah, um, uh, yeah. I well, have my own I, I have good news for you, Kevin. There's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost positive, but I cannot grind any coffee with my phone. But you can't shave with it. <laughs> Matt knows nope. what I'm talking about. Steven, can't do that I'm totally with you on that joke. <laughs> just, Kevin, just uh, just take the E out of grinder and uh, you'll, you'll see. You're leaving all of us guys behind. Well, no, we're all part of womankind. So don't fret, friends. Take it like a woman. You'll get used to it, just like we all did. Badphilosophy.com. I don't know how that works.